You are now on the inside of what I like to call circle of trust. You want me to trust you? Don't use big words you don't understand. News consumers have gone into their corners. It's time for who do you trust? Hubba, hubba, hubba. Money, money, money. Who do you trust? What we have to begin to do is look to ourselves. I've given up why and trusting. Trust in me. As you can hear, trust is at the center of the Wells Fargo case, which makes our week-long series on trust that much more relevant to the daily headlines. How much is trust at the center of banking? Well, that's the question prize-winning author Liaquat Ahmed enthusiastically took on for us. He wrote the modern classic, The Lords of Finance, The Bankers Who Broke the World, which examined the lead-up to the 1929 stock market crash through the lives of the world's most powerful central bankers and the lessons for our time. Our series is called Got Trust? Exploring Faith and Suspicion in the 21st Century. And Liaquat Ahmed told us that if bankers lose trust, then they've got nothing. He took us back to a time when an even more powerful banker was laid low on Capitol Hill by losing sight of real people as the financial system grew ever larger. J.P. Morgan, I think, was famously uh, in front of a congressional committee and someone asked him, how do you decide who to lend money to? And he said, character. And that meant that it was an insider's game. Uh, And they lent to people they knew. And it worked reasonably well when the financial system was run by small-town bankers who were lending to people in their community. I think as the financial system has become bigger and more impersonal and the role of small-town banks has become much less, banks have had to rely much more on impersonal and quantitative measures, so all of this credit scoring. And that has sort of introduced a sense that you've got this giant machine that is outside the community's control. Was the crash in 2008 essentially a failure of trust, that risks that were trusted turned out to be wrong, or did they just stop evaluating it in any real sense? Mark Twain once described it as follows. A banker is a man who lends you his umbrella when it's sunny outside and wants it back when it starts raining. So in the good times, banks are liberal with credit. And in the bad times, because for very good reasons, they worry that they're not going to get their money back, they tighten up. In the Great Depression of the 1930s, as you write in your book, uh, among the corrections that were made, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, which was supposed to say to American consumers who put their money in banks before and had it just vanish, that up to $125,000, you're fine. You don't have to think about it. We've lived with that for so long now. Is it trust or is it an ironclad guarantee that motivates Americans' willingness to give their money to the financial sector? Well, I think what we saw last time was that most people now or most upper middle class and sort of up don't keep their money in banks. They put them in money market funds. And so you've got this rise of this, what has come to be known as the shadow banking system, because money market funds are not guaranteed by the FDIC. And famously, you know, after Lehman, there was a run on the money market funds. So how to deal with the growth, both in the size of the financial system and its boundaries is a problem. What the Fed did in 2008 was guarantee all money market funds. Now, that's, a, you know, that's several trillion 
and they don't want to keep that permanent. So they've relied in effect on regulation of money market funds, which then causes money market funds to pay very little interest, which is causing the money market fund business to to disappear. So we've still inherently got the problem of runs on financial institutions when things are going bad because everyone wants to protect themselves and rush for the doors and that exacerbates the instability. What you're describing is that fluctuations in a sense of trust have enormous consequences to the way the banking system is run, which accounts are used. Completely. Banking is built essentially on not a lie but I'm not even sure what the right word is, but a banker takes your money, says you can have it anytime you want, lends it to someone, and if we all went to the bank and tried to take our money out, the banker couldn't fulfill the promise. So the banker is relying on the assumption that we won't all rush to the bank and take our money out. But it is the way the system operates that at any given moment, it is a lie that all the promises are valid. Exactly. <laughs> that is a scary way of looking at it. But, but yeah. there are enormous benefits to this lie. Exactly. Here's what makes the lie work, having a central bank. When we didn't have a central bank, if everyone tried to go to the bank and get their money out, the whole system collapsed. With a central bank, the central bank is the one bank that can print money. It can create as much money as necessary to calm the panic. Thinking about uh, trust, what do you think is the most astounding piece of trust between banks and consumers? The current wave of mistrust is, uh, is not a new story. I mean, we've had it four or five times in American history. The hated bankers. Yeah. I mean, we had it after the revolution when bankers made a ton of money by buying up government bonds from soldiers at 20 cents on the dollar and making a killing. Uh, We had it in the 1890s when J.P. Morgan had organized a sort of monopoly, uh, the so-called money trust. Uh, We had it after the Great Depression and we've had it now. So four times in American history. And it's taken some major changes to reinstate trust. And so the big question that I have post the financial crisis, is that we did a whole lot through things like Dodd-Frank. But frankly, that doesn't seem to have worked. There's a perception that bankers are overpaid. It's not clear why they're paid so much. They didn't face the consequences of the bad investment decisions and the recklessness. And there is a sense that what you've ended up, though, is with a machine that's slightly out of control and that the crises are going to become larger and larger. And I don't think anyone quite knows how to deal with that. The 21st century story. Liaquat Ahmed, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Liaquat Ahmed is the author of The Lords of Finance, The Bankers Who Broke the World. To hear more from our trust series, head over to thetakeaway.org slash trust. The series concludes tomorrow with a voice familiar to millions and a topic close to all of our hearts. I've recorded enough material that I could be gone and a robot could take over, you know, for the next hundred years. It'd be like that Tupac hologram. That's tomorrow on The Takeaway. Trust me. 
The Takeaway is supported by TIAA. Whether it's investing, advice, banking, or retirement, TIAA is dedicated to helping those who teach, heal, and serve others achieve a lifetime of financial well-being. Learn more at TIAA.org.